Greetings to all of you. I want to welcome all of us at Center Street Church. We are continuing our study on the Gospel of Matthew. And we are calling this series based on Matthew chapters 11 and 12, Jesus and. And each week we will fill the blank with a conversation Jesus has with a particular group of people. Today, we're going to look at what Jesus had to say to a group of people that we all can identify with. The COVID-19 pandemic has been continuing for months. It feels like forever. Calgary Herald had a recent article titled, Pandemic Fatigue Setting In. We all are getting tired and we desperately want to go back to pre-pandemic activities. Many are exhausted with the repeated reminders to wear masks, maintain physical distancing, sanitize hands, avoid non-essential travel. We are tired of staying indoors, tired of being cooped up, always exercising caution and living life in fear. Zoom calls seem like cool at the beginning, but novelty wears off. And now people are saying, I'm Zoom fatigued. Added to all this, we are facing job loss and economic recession. Fear of a second wave of the virus is causing great mental anguish. Apparently, a Canadian study showed 31% of people are fatigued and 28% of people are anxious in Canada today. You know, our lives have been disrupted and no one knows what the future holds. As a result of all of this, we are weary, tired, and burdened. Now, let's leave aside the pandemic for a moment. There are numerous things that can leave us tired and exhausted. There are many different uncertainties that cause anxiety. Life's very demands can take its toll on us. Today, Jesus has a word for all of us who are feeling this way. There is good news for a world desperately looking for hope. It is to those who are weary and tired, Jesus promises rest. And we're going to study God's word together. We're going to read it together. So let's uh, stand wherever you're watching this. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. At the time, Jesus said, I'll praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Would you join me in prayer? 
Lord, we thank you for this great invitation in the scripture that when we feel weary and burdened and tired, that we can come to you and have a relationship with you and in that process find rest and wellness in our soul that you alone can bring. So I pray for those of us who are listening today who are feeling overwhelmed, that today you will speak to us clearly. You will draw us closer to your heart. So we give this time to the leading of your spirit. We ask this in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever been in a wrong relationship? Some of you dated the wrong person and soon into the relationship, you realized it was a huge mistake. Some of you married a wrong person and it turned into a disaster. There are others of you, you had wrong friends who influenced you to go in a direction that wasn't good for you. Some of you have difficult people in your workplace that makes your workplace environment toxic. When you are in a wrong relationship, it is an unpleasant state. It robs us of our peace and joy. It drains you of energy and leaves you weary and exhausted. But it is also true that right relationships have the power to refresh us. They are life-giving. Having coffee with a friend, you get along so well. Date nights with a spouse. Conversation with a person at work you respect. All of these can be uplifting to our soul. Jesus shows us today that many of us are weary and burdened because we are in a wrong relationship. We are yoked to a wrong philosophy of life. We chase after the wrong dreams. We have a wrong vision that drives us. Instead of looking to God as our sustenance, we look everywhere else and whatever it is that we are looking to only lets us down. Our weariness is the result of cumulative heartbreaks, letdowns, despair, negative emotions that we have accumulated over the years. But when we enter into a right relationship with God through Jesus, our burdens are removed and we experience that deep sense of wellness in our soul. Now that's what I want to unpack today. But let me give you the context of our passage before we delve into it. Jesus had just finished rebuking cities that were unrepentant and refused to believe in him. Pastor Travis addressed this text last weekend. These were cities in which Jesus had performed most of his miracles. They were first-hand witnesses to the amazing works of Jesus. And in spite of all of that, they still did not believe. They flatly refused Jesus' invitation to follow him. The people with whom Jesus had spent so much time wanted nothing to do with him. Now, if I were to put myself in Jesus' shoes, I would be disappointed at being rejected. But the response of Jesus is striking. 
after issuing those uh, stinging words at those who are unrepentant, Jesus goes right into a prayer of thanksgiving. Now look at verses 25 and 26 of our text. At the time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. Here, Jesus is clarifying who is more open to accepting the invitation to follow him. In Jesus' own words, that invitation is not appealing to the wise and the learned. It is the little children who are drawn to it. Now, what does that mean? It does not mean that smart people will not come to faith in Christ. It's not suggesting that the intellectuals will not be drawn to the gospel message. In fact, all through History, if you look at it, some of the finest intellectuals have come to the conclusion that Jesus is the only way to God. Now, when our text makes reference to the wise and learned, it has nothing to do with the scholarly accomplishments or mental acumen. The wise and learned are those who think they are self-sufficient. They rely on their own smartness to carry them through life. They put their faith in their resources and personal abilities. They don't admit their need for God. And they assume that they are well able to take care of themselves. What Jesus is saying is frightening for God hides himself from such people. The little children, in contrast, are those who acknowledge their helplessness has nothing to do with age, but it points to a humble spiritual attitude. And that is why becoming a little child is a synonym for becoming a Christian in the Bible. Well, we can learn a lot from children, can't we? It's that attitude of childlike faith that Jesus is highlighting here. When we stand on a lofty platform and think that we are someone special, God actively hides himself from us. But when we stoop down and seek him earnestly, he reveals himself to such people. Pastor Charles Price says, knowledge of God is never attained, it is received. It's not something we can earn by doing all the right stuff. We are given this revelation when our hearts are receptive and open to God. Now, right after this prayer, Jesus issues the great invitation to all who are willing to come to him. Look at verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus' appeal is directed at the ones who are bearing a heavy weight load and stumbling along in their journey. But Jesus' heart went out to such people. The word weary means laboring to the point of exhaustion. I've seen this in India 
People don't use U-Haul trucks when they move, but it's common to use a horse cart. And it's a familiar scene on the road, a scrawny-looking horse pulling a huge load of household items. Now picture that poor horse, skin and bones, in sweltering heat, pulling an enormous weight load. Now, if you were to put one more item on that already overloaded cart, the horse may just break down. You know, that's a great visual imagery of how Jesus perceived the Jewish people of his time to be. Working so hard to keep the demands of the law. They were striving in their own strength to earn God's favor, not knowing that it was futile. The word burdened or heavy laden is a passive word. It signifies something that is being dumped by an outside source, an oppressive system at work behind the scenes. Jesus is clearly referring here to the religious teachers of his time. You know, the religious leaders added their own interpretation to the Jewish law, making it almost impossible for people to adhere to all the rules. To such weary and broken people being crushed by human religion, trying hard in their own strength to earn their way to God, Jesus gives this great invitation, come to me. And that invitation applies to us today. Whatever may be the source of our weariness, if we are struggling in life, weighed down by anxiety, worry, fear, depression, you feel like a heavy weight load is on your shoulders. Jesus extends us a lifeline. You don't need to struggle through life in your own strength. Jesus says, come to me, draw closer to me. I love you and I have a plan for your life. Do you know how distinct and radical is this invitation? See, notice, Jesus does not say, come to God and he will give you rest. See, that's what founders of most religions did. They called people to God, but Jesus called people to himself. Jesus did not say, here is this eightfold path. Here you go, follow this. Or here is the five pillars that you need to live your life by. He didn't say these are the 10 practical steps you need to take to free yourself from weariness. No, Jesus' words are simple and profound at the same time. If you are overwhelmed with life and feeling weighed down, Jesus says, come to me. All the religions of the world specialize in rules regulations, do's and don'ts. That's why they cannot bring a sense of release, but they only pile up feelings of guilt and failure and inadequacy. For how on earth will you know that you made the cut, 
that you've been good enough or moral enough or religious enough or you've fulfilled all the requirements in order to make it to heaven. And that is why our self-help philosophies are so pathetic. If you go to the Amazon website and type self-help books, you will be astonished to see the titles that show up. And all of these self-help philosophies expect you to bail yourself out of the mess you are in. It's like asking a person who is drowning to save themselves. Jesus Christ is the only one who does not give a long list of to-do things for his followers. He doesn't give us an impossible code of conduct or a huge checklist of rules so we can be approved by God. He doesn't offer us practical tips to find our own way back. Instead, Jesus extends an invitation to relationship with him. So if you have been burnt down, burnt out by religion, come to Jesus. If you are held captive by the power of sin, come to Jesus. If you feel overwhelmed by life's anxieties, come to Jesus. If you're battling with fear or anxiety or you're losing hope, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus just as you are and His arms are wide open for you. Why? Is this good news? Why is this so different from every other philosophy? When Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, he's not describing a select group of people. This is his description of the entire human race. For every one of us, irrespective of our stage of life, economic standing, education, accomplishments, religious beliefs, we all are weary and burdened in one way or the other. We all carry a yoke. We are yoked to a career, yoked to a relationship, yoked to a habit, yoked to pleasure, yoked to money, yoked to counterfeit gods. And the end result of that is a deep sense of restlessness in our soul. And we turn to these various things to somehow fill that void. Television, alcohol, relationships, pornography, material things, all of these things to somehow dull our sense of pain. And we think somehow these stuff will bring lasting fulfillment. But time and again, they let you down because they are unable to satisfy the cravings that God has put in your soul. But here's the good news. It's to the burdened Jesus promises rest. As Jesus says in the Gospels, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. If you think your life is good and you're self-sufficient, Jesus has nothing to offer you. But when you know that you're struggling, 
and you need help and you come to Jesus weary and broken, I can assure you he will not turn you away empty. Jesus lifts that burden, a yoke that is overwhelming. He frees you from the shackles that are binding. He breaks the chains that are enslaving. And he fills the void and restlessness in your soul with his presence. It is through an encounter with Jesus that we can experience true rest. Now, what does this rest mean? It's not referring to a snooze or an afternoon siesta. It's not referring to retirement from all forms of work. We rest from trying to attain God's acceptance through our self-efforts. It is by grace through faith we become a new creation. You inherit a new identity. You have a new sense of purpose and vision for life. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You receive it as a free gift. Jesus alone helps us to rest in the assurance that you are a beloved child of God. Now, it is important that we take note of the fact that our text presents the invitation of Jesus as twofold. You cannot separate them. The first invitation, as we have seen, is to accept our need for God and come to Jesus in humble dependence for rest. And he eases our yoke. But so many people stop there. They're happy that they've been forgiven, that their burdens are removed. And they don't pay attention to the second part of the invitation. It's an invitation to take. You can't have one without the other. Look at verse 29, what Jesus is saying. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Once again, it's not just in being released, but by taking the yoke, you find rest for your soul. So it's so important that we understand what this taking of a new yoke means. We come to Jesus weary and heavy laden, carrying our own yoke. He eases the yoke and relieves us of our burdens, but an exchange takes place. Jesus takes our burdens and gives us his. That's the full transaction. We lay down our heavy yoke and we come under Christ's yoke. Too many people want the rest that Jesus offers. They want to get rid of their burdens. But they don't take on Jesus' yoke. They still want to hold on to the control of their life. They desire freedom without responsibility. That's the postmodern pick-and-choose mentality. I like what Jesus has to offer, but hey, don't ask anything in return. 
See, Jesus is not calling for a passive acceptance of his forgiveness, but an active submission to his lordship, which will radically change your priorities. A yoke is fundamentally an instrument of work. Jesus does not give you a bed so you can sleep. He wants you to engage in work. But this is meaningful, productive labor. As a carpenter, I'm pretty sure Jesus made several instruments like these. The yoke is a harness that goes around the necks of two oxen so they can pull a load together. So accepting Jesus' yoke is a picture of submission to him. We renounce all control of our life and we align ourselves with Jesus. It is also a picture of help because you're not just pulling the Lord alone. You are yoked with Jesus and he walks alongside you. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you And learn from me. That word learn is the same word for discipleship. The invitation to come to him and take his yoke is synonymous with the invitation to become his disciples. See, at the end of the day, Jesus is not just looking for fans. He's looking for disciples who will follow his example, imitate him, and walk in his steps. In each team of oxen, one is a leader and the other follows. In the same way, Jesus leads the way and our responsibility is to follow him and model our life after him. We don't turn our own way or our preferred direction We follow the cues from the one whom we are yoked with. So what that tells me is the Christ-centered life is not the absence of burdens. It is certainly not a life without trials and tribulations. It is not a smooth, easy ride. But we do have the promise of a faithful companion who journeys with us and absolutely nothing can separate us from his presence. The Christian life is a partnership between you and Jesus. And we work together hand in hand to accomplish God's redemptive purposes for the world. Jesus uses two words in our passage to describe himself. He doesn't say, learn from me for I am wise and all-powerful or I am holy and eternal. Jesus says, learn from me for I am gentle and humble. So Jesus is not a hard taskmaster or a slave driver who will abuse you, but he leads you with compassion and understanding there's something else you need to know about jesus yoke if the prospect of losing control over your life seems intimidating here is some comfort for you look at verse 30 for my yoke is easy and my burden is light 
But that word easy in the original Greek signifies something that is tailor-made or custom-built. So what we have here is not a one-size-fits-all yoke, but it is fully compatible. The yoke that we previously carried was a misfit. We labored for the wrong cause, and it made us weary and exhausted. But the work Jesus gives us is appropriate to your abilities and giftedness. That is why when you take his yoke and follow his lead, you experience freedom and rest. So here are some questions for you to reflect. Are you hurting? Are you weary and tired? Do you feel life has been unfair to you? Come to Jesus. And he will give you a new perspective that transforms you inside out. At this time, we're going to watch the testimony of a lady from our church that I baptized some time ago. And in this story, she talks about how she came to Jesus weary and full of burdens and the difference now Jesus has made in her life. Let's watch this video. So as you see from Linry's story, when we hand over our lives to Jesus, it does not matter how broken we are, Jesus can use us to make a difference. The Romans during Jesus' time took cities and countries by sheer force, by their military power, and enforced everyone into submission. Jesus doesn't do that. Although he has all the power in the world, he doesn't bulldoze anyone into submission. Rather, he gives us a tender invitation for he wants us to make that choice. He will not force his way into your life. That is God's invitation, full of grace and love. Jesus Christ, who had all the power in this world, saw us being enslaved by the very things we thought would bring us freedom. So he emptied himself of his glory and became a servant. Jesus was bruised and beaten and his body turned into a bloody mess when he was nailed to the cross. And even though he had no sins of his own, he suffered and died on our behalf to pay for our sins. And if you feel beaten down on the inside, if you are being crushed by the circumstances of your life, just look at God's sacrificial love, the extent He would go to bring you back. And after doing all of that, Jesus does not intimidate you into submission. This is the most amazing part. 
He does not force his way into your life. He invites you to come and he patiently waits for you and me to respond. Let me ask you, why would we not want to respond to such selfless love? Why would we not give control to the one who has our best interests at heart? I'm going to ask everyone to stand right now. If you are weary and burdened, the arms of Jesus are open wide and he invites you right now to lay down your burdens. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If deep inside your heart you are restless, if there's something inside of you that feels like an emptiness or a void, you need the rest that Jesus offers. Come to him. For some of you, this may be the very first time you will make that decision. A conscious decision to let go of the control over your life and place your life into the hands of Jesus. And I want you to know, Jesus has been waiting all along for you to turn to him. And if you are prompted today to make that decision, to place your faith in Jesus and commit your life to following him, we want to encourage you to let us know so we can help you in this new journey. We want to encourage you and come alongside you to support you. I know there are others who are listening to this message. You once had a vibrant walk with Jesus, but then you made a series of decisions that took you farther and farther away from the heart of Jesus. And you are hurting inside as a result of the consequences of those decisions. And today, if God is speaking to you, this is your time to rededicate your life to Jesus. And His arms are open wide for you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no guilt. Jesus wants to welcome you back with open arms. And if you make that decision today to return back to Jesus, then let us know as well because we want to pray for you and walk with you and guide you in your next steps.